Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome into another weekly edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad, Andrew Gillis, Mike Nizek back at it with you as we just jump right into the health of the defense. So Chidobia Wuzie is out for the season. He will be put on the IR at some point, according to Zach Taylor. As for Eli Apple, who did not play against the Browns, he's day-to-day, so that'll be something to watch throughout the week. The same goes with Trey Flowers, who left late in the game against the Browns on Monday. So that means we're going to see more Cam Taylor Britt, possibly more Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, and Dax Hill, who is a safety, could get some snaps at corner. He said he hasn't played cornerback or gotten any reps, at least in his own words, going back to his time in high school, which is all the way back in Oklahoma. So it's been at least four or five years since he's been in a position like that. Lou Anarumo said we might have to get him some reps at that position. How much or how that looks like, we don't know. But we know there will be some Dax. There will definitely be some Cam Taylor Britt now that Chidobi Awuzie is down. Um, I think really before I kind of get into just what we could expect from Cam Taylor Britt and Dax Hill, I mean – you know, you think about Chidobia Wuzie, a true CB1. I mean, I think even statistically, he was like the best cornerback last year, not named Jalen Ramsey. So that's not just a big hit. That's a massive hit. Like we said on Monday, DEFCON, whatever level you want to call it, that alone, that injury by itself raises the bar so high for concern. So, I mean, really, no matter what you get from a Taylor Britt or a Hill or the practice squad or anyone else that we haven't mentioned, I mean, how tough is it going to be in your final home stretch without your best cornerback? Yeah, I mean, the, the positions that they've lost, I mean, we, we've talked about this before, but the positions that they've lost are, are premium positions. You lose your number one receiver, uh, you lose your best run stopping defender, now you lose your best number one or your best corner. So, um, it, you know, one of the things that we've kind of talked about here over these last couple of weeks is that, um, you know, I, I remember I like I made mention of this, like Trey Hendrickson's a good edge rusher. He's not Aaron Donald. He's not TJ Watt. And that's not a, it's no offense to Trey Hendrickson. He's he's just not a top one, two yeah, player. Or the Trey Hendrickson. See, that was the thing. I like like the last time we said this, I was like I was just like, Yeah, he's not a he's not the best player at his position and I thought Mike was gonna like slander, lose his mind. Right? Um but the this defense really kind of operates with everybody in the scheme playing well at their respective positions and there's not really a guy on defense playing hero ball you don't have a safety that's just kind of you know like kelly leak from the bad news bears just kind of fixing every (laughs) error that happens here so you know i i i I mean it's a big test um you said we're maybe going to see some cam taylor but we're definitely going to see some cam that's what i meant yeah um you know he's he's 
if Eli Apple is is not ready to go for for Sunday, uh, Cam Taylor Britt, your new corner. Uh, well, I, 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 oh, let me say because I talked to Apple a little right. more. You were you, I think you got there late. Um, he sounds pretty optimistic that he's going to play. Yeah, uh, had the Good. hamstring injury. Said, uh, you know, had just bets a little. Would like to practice this week. Because um, practice last week didn't go very well. I think the injury got kind of worse. But yeah. as long as he starts to feel better, I think he'll be in the lineup. I think the bigger question marks Flowers right. in terms of having depth. Because um, Zach Taylor did not call him day-to-day. He said, we will see. Uh, oh, that's that right. It. He did say um, that. So um, he leaves himself a little more wiggle room. I, I think it sounds – I mean, just when he says that, your kind of ears go up and say, yeah. probably not this week. Um you know, and, and he hurt his hamstring as well, kind of in that fourth quarter. So your depth, even without, even if you have Eli Apple, will probably, you know, I think the distinctions are less one and two at that yeah. point, right? I mean, yeah, it's just what it, you yeah. got. It's Apple and Cam Taylor Britt, and then if Flowers is out, you're probably third is 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 Dax, uh, but Cam Taylor Britt played, I think, all but one snap yeah. on, on on Monday. So um, you can probably get around having those guys play, you know, the entire game. That's not ideal. Um, but, you know, obviously Cam Taylor Britt becomes in the spotlight, whether he's one or two. But to, but I think Apple will play if, you know, there's not a setback in practice. Yeah, and, and Lou Anarumo talked about this today where he doesn't really view Mike Hilton as an option to go outside. Right. Same with Jalen Davis. So you're talking about two guys that you, you know you have as, as slot corners. And like Mike mentioned, it's, it's Cam Taylor Britt, it's Eli Apple, and then well, I think throw it's your hands up. I, don't I think know. it's interesting Practice too squad. when we saw Trey Flowers. You know that he's not sort of an outside guy either, or built like right. that. Um, as you saw against Amari Cooper, um, kind of got torched. That's just what you drive. got. Uh, yeah, but is Dax Hill with some practice a better <laughs> a better backup? Because yeah. he has more athleticism. He's probably a guy that's better on the outside. And the, but I mean, obviously, he's a rookie with no experience. Yeah, so what, what do you say? He hasn't played since I'm. I, I it was I was in high the school. Back. He said. Yeah, I was um, in the back. I couldn't hear. But what he said. Lou said he did get some snaps at practice last week, so that might be a rookie saying. Right. <laughs> Not wanting to give away that he has been taking a little bit yeah. of practice there. But either way, your options aren't great. I think your best option is hope Apple's healthy. Cam Taylor Britt spends most of the game in the lineup as well, and those two are your are what you ride now, unless you yeah. know you, you work out a couple guys during the bye week in, in trying to sign extra uh, depth. Um, but you know, obviously with the trade deadline, they weren't inclined to make a move, um, even though it was very active across the league. Uh, not completely surprising, just because that's how they've operated. Uh, but like you said, that the the depth here is sort of what what you watch. I mean, I think the best thing you can say about defensive that Lee that what you know in terms of injury is they hopefully get DJ Reader back in uh, two weeks three weeks really with the with the bye against Pittsburgh and that sort of changes the equation right you can yeah. help out more in the secondary because uh, your rush defense is much more stout because um, right now you're kind of having to um, help out both sides of, you know both the front end it's just it's too yeah. much you can't scheme around having those absences yeah you're, you're trying to plug a bunch of holes in a wall and eventually you you run out of hands and it didn't and look like trey hendrickson was healthy either so no maybe, and you know maybe the sam hubbard is what is it well, finger? Hand, yeah, yeah. I, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard like uh, but, there are guys um, battling but hendrickson's neck i think is much more of a right agreed right of, um, a guy not being 100%, um, and maybe the bye week helps him. And then against Pittsburgh, your defense, you know, you're, you're, you're more, you're more inclined to run, you know, help in the secondary than you are now just because you can't because the, the run defense is struggling as well. 
um, uh, against some of these teams that are just trying to, to shove it down their throat. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals, we've said this, they're not a, a trade deadline team. It's very rare to see them do anything. I mean, like in the last five years, all I can think of is Carlos Dunlap, who pretty much at that point was just asking to be traded because he literally hated being here, which is a different discussion. But I don't know. I think with wide receiver, I could understand why, because, you know, if you get someone who's just sitting there watching the big three, then, you know, it's just kind of like, what's the point there? But I, you would have thought maybe they would have got someone at corner. But again, I, you can't really be too shocked because no, like, well, like said, so, that's just who they are. So Mike brought this up last week. Time... When you're in the middle of the NFL season, time goes by the wayside. So I have no idea when you said this, Mike, but you said it. So I'm sorry. Uh, you were talking about you play the Panthers and then you get to the bye week. And I think oh, yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah. right in that they're going to play the Panthers and they're going to see what they have. And reassess. And, and yeah. reassess when you go into a bye week. Because then if you're going to bring in a receiver, I, they worked out a couple of guys. D.D. Westbrook was one of them. Like if you're going to bring in a D.D. Westbrook, you bring him in Tuesday, he gets – sort of a week where the team's not here but you get a week to study the playbook and get ready and then you get a week of practice so you get a little bit of time so i think that that's kind of where they're at right you're now. on a short week now anyway right I mean, you really had no time to bring right somebody in and, and make and, yeah, yeah the monday night the monday night game definitely well, we were, did not we were talking help. about that we were talking about the deadline and like i understand that like you know it, it's hard to make deadline moves if you're not kind of thinking about these things all year i mean like when the Ravens trade for Roquan Smith, that that is a year thing. Like that is not something that happens in a day. So like the, some of the, I know that's a bigger move, but like some of these trades don't happen overnight. And it was just you're in a tough spot when the game ends at eleven thirty, and then you get the report on Cheeto, and then you talk to yeah, Trey Flowers, that's true. and then you've got how many like sixteen hours until the trade deadline. That's just not conducive well, team to making that doesn't, a move move from their plan right? right like their plan they was, just don't yeah their other but what their plan was always going to be is cam taylor brett was going to be you know as long as he didn't sort of bust out this first year going to be in you know move towards the starting right. role with, with cheeto on the one side instead of eli apple now it's just sooner and the yeah. different configuration more combobulated um so yeah. uh you know it, i think the I think the key for this week is just that having Eli Apple be healthy just because you want a veteran presence there. You don't want to start, I mean, if Flowers injury, two rookies in one out of position, um, I think that's kind of, you know, their fingers are crossed, obviously, that they um, can get him through to Sunday and, and be ready because otherwise, you know, Dax Hill got, got his feet wet. Uh, and, you know, that is good. It was a limited, but, um, you know, it's something to try to get him back in the flow, uh, um, you know, in terms of, you know, he hasn't played much this year. You know, had with one play against New Orleans. I don't know if he played yeah. against the Falcons. Um, so you're you're going to be mix and matching. And you know, Lou was honest. He was. He, I thought that was one of the more interesting things he said. That you can't be stubborn and having to change your scheme when you lose these parts. Like, yeah. you know, if you're if it's too much of what he's asking these players to do, he's going to have to scale back. And he said he doesn't know yet. He doesn't know what he's yeah. going to be able to do. Well, that's the challenging part too, because you know, when he was talking about that, you're like like you said, it was a great point because you're thinking about it like. Not only do you do you have to kind of see what you have, you don't know what you have. Because yeah. Cam Taylor Britt, like he 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 mentioned uh, when I asked him about Cam Taylor Britt, he was like, "Yeah, it's, I mean, the guy just played his first preseason game, basically." Like he and he he's, <laughs> he seemed confident that he's going to get better. But you, you're talking about a guy who's played he played 28 snaps against the Falcons, and I don't know how many he played. But he said all but one so against the Browns. So, but like that's my point. Like you're you're talking about a guy who like you haven't seen in game action, so it's kind of hard to scheme up. Like. Dax Hill hasn't played cornerback since high school. 
I don't know if you're going to go back and look at high school tape and see how it even, if it even exists at this point. Like I, I just like there's not there's not a lot you can do if you if you're plugging and playing these guys at new spots, you know, because you could theoretically change it up. And he mentioned that and you want your coordinators to be flexible and not, you know, just the system is the system. The system works because I, I don't think that that ever works. But an alternate it's universe hard to it does. say it's hard to say if you know what Dax Hill can do or what Cam Taylor Britt can do just because you haven't seen it yet. No one knows. I mean they don't even know. We don't even know. So we'll we'll have to see of course that all plays into how you know Trey Flowers comes out. But I know I was a little harsh on Cam Taylor Britt a little bit Monday when I know it was Donovan Peoples Jones who had like two nice catches on him specifically in the first half. I was a little harsh there. I don't think he played really that bad. I I mean I think I used too small of a sample size there. But of course, you know, like he said, it's his first preseason game. You know, the guy's still going to get more reps. He's going to get better. You know, I mean, the Panthers are the Panthers. We'll, we'll get into sort of their offense. So even the same with Cam Taylor Britt. I mean, there's more of a sample size of what we can expect. But even then, there's just not enough to say definitively, oh, he's going to be great or he's going to be able to, you know, shut down whoever. But I mean, going into the Panthers, this this is such an interesting situation. So obviously they fired Matt Rule. Steve Wilkes is the interim uh, head coach, and then make things even more interesting. They trade Robbie Anderson. They trade uh, Christian McCaffrey. So now you have Chuba Hubbard, who's the main guy at running back, and then I mean PJ Walker. I mean this is so much craziness. You know he was the XFL MVP not long ago, and now he's starting ahead of Baker Mayfield. Like, I, I never thought we'd be seeing stuff like this at this point in the year, but welcome to the NFL. I mean, I know statistically they're not a great team. They have the third worst overall offense in the league behind, funny enough, the Falcons, who the Bengals played two weeks ago, and who the Panthers played last week. And that was a game that they should have won, but literally and figuratively shot themselves in the foot on when they didn't. But again, all of that aside... Well, I mean, literally. That, well, what do you mean? Literally, well, DJ Moore did, did hurt they, himself. He literally like hurt himself celebrating. Did he shoot him? Did, did he? Shoot did he shoot himself? He hit himself. It was his foot or his knee. It was his helmet where he like he hit himself while he was celebrating on that touchdown. The the hail mary touchdown. Yeah, he like celebrated and he hurt himself because of that. So he like literally hurt I don't himself. Know if he hurt himself. I think he just took his helmet off. No, he like jumped in to celebrate the, the stands. Yeah, yeah that, that, that penalty. I mean, by the way, but, but then he he got hurt though. I, I don't thought. think he did. The penalty was the costly part. Yeah. The, the, oh, hundred. And that's well, what I'm saying. They they hurt themselves. The thing there, with but. DJ Moore, I mean, props to DJ Moore because you make that great play, and then you get a penalty, so your team gets a better draft position next year, and you can draft CJ Stroud. That's some like expert level 3D <laughs> chess by by DJ Moore. So good for him, man. Well, I have to look back to I thought I heard or it looked like he hurt himself in the moment. I mean, he's not injured for the game. I'm just saying in the moment he like hurt himself. But yeah, I mean, aside from those antics and the chaos and the madness, you know, I'm by no means saying this is a great team. The Bengals have to be afraid for. But I mean, let's look at the facts. They lost to Mitch Trubisky. They lost to Jacoby Brissett. They lost to Cooper Rush. Like they've lost to multiple backup quarterbacks. At that point, do you concern about someone like PJ Walker, who is by no means elite, but is he really that bad? And do you, you know, I don't know. the The Panthers are the worst. Uh, well, no, the Steelers were the worst actually. But Week One always produces a bunch of weird matchups like that. Um, to me, I think the thing with, like we said, with that is that these losses are going to start stacking up. So like you, you really can't afford any more of those. Hey, we were in it, but 
tough break. You can't really have any more of those because if you're four and four and you lose to the Steelers and the Cowboys and you know the Browns, like you mentioned, like that's 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 tough sledding. But like, I don't know. The thing with the Panthers, um, somebody asked Lou this. Like, you can tell that they are playing differently since they fired Rule. Um, they're still not very good. They right. don't have McCaffrey anymore. Um, but they have been throwing the ball better. I remember at the beginning of the year, their their pass offense was miserable. Um, DJ Moore is is actually getting the football now. Um, Terrace Marshall is alive. Um, he, he got targeted like nine times or 11 times or something yeah. like that on, yeah. on Sunday. He did. Uh, he was a second or a third round pick of that team. So uh, they're throwing the ball more. Um, Foreman had 28 carries, I want to say. He had three touchdowns. Um, so they're, they're handing the ball to Foreman. Um, they're, they're loading up on just the things that they do well, I think. So for me, I, you're going to face an inspired team, but I just don't know what that ceiling is. You just can't lose to P.J. Walker, man. Like with, with the way that the season has gone, with the bye week looming, with the injuries they have, you just can't lose to P.J. Walker. You just can't. And, yeah, like you said, no, Foreman is the main back. And we could see more from Hubbard because, obviously, there is no CMC yeah, he was, in the mix. He was hurt last week, I believe. Yeah, I he, he, is, he is practicing, yeah, though. He so is we'll, practicing. So we'll see. He is practicing. Okay. Yeah. And, if again, if unless anything changes, like, he will play, and that could change things up a little bit. But, I mean, with that, too, uh, you know, obviously, Nick Chubb is the animal that he is for a reason. I do genuinely believe he is a rare breed of a generational player. And I don't think the Bengals' rush defense should have any fits like that and until maybe they, say, face someone like a Derrick Henry down the road in a couple of weeks. And hopefully by that point, you have DJ Reader. But right now, you don't have DJ Reader. They're not going to assess that till the bye, like Zach Taylor mentioned. So by no means can you expect, you know, Foreman or Hubbard, if he's healthy, to do anything crazy like that. But when you still don't have Reader and you saw a lot of those gaps that, weren't really being covered against Cleveland and you know with Trey Hendrickson not being 100% like how much do you worry about could there be a not an extreme but slight relapse of just the way the rush defense played Mike you want to take that one I'm thinking uh I mean I I guess I view it differently I'd be more concerned just offensively getting it on a roll like I I mean you know the, the defense like they were fine. Like, they, I, yeah, they I'm not the reason they lost the game. I mean, they got yeah. they were shut out through was it three, three and three, three quarters almost, and um, you know couldn't do anything. So, they were good, but they weren't the reason they lost the game. No, well, I agree, you know, but it's like, just it's just something to look at, especially with with the health of Hendrickson and whatnot. You know, you know, I just view it as they just you just score some points, right? Like, I mean, regardless of what the defense does, defense gives up, you know. 15 points they still would have lost that game so it's like i, I just i just think the off- offense right now is sort of um you know your your secondary is the one you know kind of one a and, and just the offensive inconsistency is sort of one b I, I don't know i just yeah. i don't yeah it, it didn't feel like that nick chubb took over in that game I mean, My, he had decent numbers but yeah. um it was jacoby Brissett's throws on third down the, the you know beating uh, a couple of the guys in the secondary to sort of open things up and that's what nick chubb got going um, exactly. I just view it a little differently. I just yeah. I think they need to get back on track offensively, and I mean I think you only need you know, twenty eight, you know, three touchdowns, three couple field goals to 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 be in a good position. In this yeah, game. the the yeah. thing that Mike, Mike's right there. I think um, you know because I was trying to figure out how to phrase that, and he pretty much did that. Like 
with the defense this week, it's a health concern. Like, it's, okay, who's going to be available? Like, who's going to be a warm body that you can put in the game? Um, with the offense, it's it's a schematic issue. It's, it's a lot it's, of it's things. Like, yeah. It's like, can you find out, can you work out of this funk? Because Brian Burns is a really good pass rusher. Like, the Panthers turned down two first-round picks for him at the deadline. Like, which, by the way, I think it was the Rams that did that. Were they offering picks in, like, 2034? I don't know how you have any picks they left. Did, they they, not, they just – they'll never get a first-round draft I don't pick. Know, I don't know how they did that. But anyway, like, Brian Burns is a really good pass rusher. They obviously struggled against a, a better pass rusher in Miles Garrett. Um, the offensive line was not great. They they didn't – you know, Ted Karras said it today. They didn't execute at any level offensively. Joe Burrow said the same thing. They didn't execute at any level offensively enough to win a game. And so to me, the offense is a, is a bigger concern. The defensive concerns are just like, who are you going to have? Yeah, and we'll, we'll get, to, get to those offensive concerns later. But speaking of offense, when we come back on the podcast, we're going to talk about some odds, and that's going to be MVP odds. And we'll tell you what we mean about that when we come back on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. One thing I want to do kind of in the middle of the week that we haven't done before is I want to look at MVP odds, but more specifically, I want to look at Joe Burrow MVP odds. You know, we're in that week eight, week nine stretch, so we're kind of in that point where you start to think about who's hot and who's not. So I want to read off in order the latest odds on who's projected to win MVP according to the Caesars Sportsbook. So... No change at first place. Josh Allen stays up there. He's favored plus 120. Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes trade places. Mahomes was second last week. Hurts was third. Now it's changed. Hurts is in second plus 350. Mahomes in third plus 400. Then in fourth place, that doesn't change either. Lamar Jackson favored plus 1,000. And then Joe Burrow, his spot doesn't change like Jackson. He sits in fifth place at plus 1,200. So... I'm not shocked. I mean, especially with the way Hertz is playing, I'm glad to see that he rose up uh, at second. Nothing on Mahomes. I just think Hertz has done very, very well with a team that's undefeated, the only undefeated team left in the league. But, I mean, with Burrow, 25 for 35 against the Browns, mid, really not that great compared to what he's been able to do. I mean, do you? Th- I, I don't know. I think it's fifth right now, but... I think I might drop off a little bit. If, Who knows? If you if you are if you're planning if you're listening to this and you're planning on betting anyone other than Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, or Lamar Jackson to win MVP, I need you to listen to me very closely. Take the money that you were gonna do that you were gonna place with that bet, go convert it to rolls of quarters, and flush them down the toilet one by one by one by one because at least you'll have more fun that way. Because to me, it's a three-horse race, and it's not even close. Because who wins MVP in this league? Quarterbacks. Of course. Who wins MVP in this league? Which quarterbacks win MVP in this league? Quarterbacks on good teams. Yes. Are we sure the Bengals are good? Well, that's the thing. We don't know. Are we sure? We we just don't know. Right now, we don't. So Josh Allen is on a super team, 
and that team is like that team is going to finish like 14 and 3, 15 and 2, something like that. Like they are going to finish that level of good. The Eagles haven't lost yet. So, and Jalen Hurts is absolutely killing it every week. And we looked at the we talked about the Ravens briefly, like with this being a divisional race. The Ravens have the easiest schedule left in the AFC North, maybe in the NFL. Like they don't play a team with a winning record the rest of the way, at least as it stands right now. Well, that's the thing, as it stands so, right now. So we don't so, know. Well, the, so the Ravens are five and three, and Lamar had a really, really good start to the year. He did drop off in the last few weeks, but like if Lamar can take that team to like what are they five and three? If they yeah. finish like twelve and five, and Lamar drags a team that was missing Bateman and missing Dobbins to to division title. He's right up there too. So, like to me, I it doesn't matter if Joe Burrow lead, like he's leading the league in passing right now. That doesn't matter right now. The, the MVP guy, well, even he said it doesn't matter. The MVP right now. odds to me are three guys, and you're wasting your time if you're if you're anyone else. Like it, it's it's Hertz, it's Allen, it's Lamar, and the first two, Hertz and Allen are in a clear tier above everybody else. And, yeah, I was just looking at the numbers, uh, Burrow. And Allen's numbers are surprisingly similar. Uh, Allen's got 20, uh, 2,198 passing yards, 19 touchdowns, six interceptions, quarterback rating of 105.9. Burrow has 20, 2,329 yards, 17 touchdowns, six interceptions, 101.9 quarterback rating. Uh, Hertz and Jackson's passing numbers well below that, although Hertz's quarterback rating is up there with Allen. And then obviously Jackson gives you kind of the, the rushing numbers. I mean, it's possible. Like, I mean, like you said, team success. So, I mean, if Bro, um, you know, they rattle off six straight wins and the numbers are what they are, I mean, you could certainly enter the conversation. I don't think right. it's out, out just, of the, the yeah. question. But that's what. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just like it. Maybe like I just don't see that happening. Though. Right. You're point. betting. You're yeah. saying the Bengals are 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 bad. I'm, no, no, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying that they're like I could see that if the Bengals finish nine and eight, Joe Burrow has to finish with like six thousand passing yards to win MVP. Like he has to, he has to break records to win. Well, they get him in the does that get him into the playoffs? Uh, well, depending on how they're close. depending on how the wild card goes, Nine it and depends. Close. Um, really depends. Because he single handedly carries them across and gets them into the playoffs, that puts them in the conversation. Yeah, but if if Joe Burrow single handedly carries a nine and eight Bengals team to the playoffs, how do you compare that with Josh Allen leading the mega team? To fifteen and two, but if you're saying he throws for like six thousand yards, yeah, like that, it would have to be that for it to even be a conversation. And I still he's think he's not on pace to throw for. Six yeah, years. I know, and and I just think that when you look around the league at like when was the last time like a like they look at quarterbacks, but they look at winning quarterbacks. Like when was the last time a team that was you know mediocre. When was the last time? Like, I think the last non-quarterback well, I mean, to saw, win MVP I mean, was like Adrian they don't Peterson. have Jeremy Chase, but I mean, we saw the type of games. Like, I would say it's not a great bet. I mean, I guess it's not a bad bet because it's if you have a free bet, I guess if you uh, want to waste it. Go but ahead. it's like, I mean, the Atlanta game was a perfect example. I mean, if, the, if he had like a string of those games, he could make himself. He, uh, he needs a string, but so I guess he need. I guess my point is, he needs a string of those games without Jamal. And you're forgetting and against and you're the tougher teams in the league. He faces. Three of the quarterbacks. He faces. In the race. You're right, and so he can outduel them. So if like they, even if like the numbers are, so like if the numbers are even. But the Bengals also have to win those games too. I think. I think. Well, I mean, if he wins two of three, maybe. 
So to answer your question on when's the last time like so the MVP came from a non-winning team, so it was not a quarterback. It was actually a running back in 2012. It was Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. You know, the Vikings made the playoffs that year. But they were a wild card team that lost in the first round. But that's still a winning team. Winning. Well, I meant like a team that didn't go mi- far. Yeah, a team that missed the playoffs. That's what I meant. Well, missing I mean, the playoffs, Denver's, yeah, that, Denver's that's are different. probably going to be very good if they finish the season now like six and now 11. you Yeah, now you So, I mean, like, I, you know, I th- but I, I, like, I think he has – I mean, you can't say no because – First of all, they do have all those head-to-head matchups. I'm saying no. Oh yeah, he he, he matches up against I, Mahomes and Allen in December. Yeah. I would and Lamar. And and because yeah. it's a bet, like you get a better payout right now. So I mean, it's not like putting ten dollars on it now. I mean, it's well, not the it's worst. Ten, thing. What it plus twelve hundred, so it's ten to one one twenty. It's not. It's not one thousand. No, it's not ten to one one twenty. I thought you said one thousand two hundred. Yeah, plus twelve hundred. That's ten, a ten dollar bet wins one twenty. That yeah, that's. You do, you do the math better than me. That's yeah. why I'm a, a journalist. Yeah, because like if, if it's if you're plus five hundred, a ten dollar bet wins you fifty. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you don't test me on this, I'm, Mike? I'm Did you, what, what was the highest <laughs> level? Of, <laughs> what was the highest level of math you took in high school or college? Oh, dude, I don't know. I mean, I, I say that sounds better than me. I, I I was good at math, but emphasis on was. I couldn't do that now. I, I took calculus my senior what year. What was your GPA in college? I don't know. My, I don't my, care. I don't. I have never. I haven't thought about. I are you asking me what my GPA was? Well, I, I was re- more rhetorically. But okay. Like, I was just like, I don't. I don't. I don't think the. I don't know the last time I've even like cared about a college class or like. So how how did you get your degree? I guess what I, see, it hung would, over. It would pay out one thirty because you get your ten dollars back. You would get you to win. So right. you're the better mathematician. Then. No, okay. I just died. He was. <laughs> no, he's the better. He's, <laughs> he's better. At, he's better at reading the fine print than I am. And that's why Mike is a. But it's a we, don't, we don't win one thirty. You get one thirty. You win one twenty, but well, you, you get, get one thirty. Yeah. There you go. Back. All right. Now that we've cleared that so up, so you're you're not rushing to put ten dollars on Joe Burrow's. I wouldn't put a dollar on Joe. If you gave me ten dollars to bet on it, I would I would do it. But it would have to be that. I think right now that's a fair assessment, but I agree. I want to see if they pull out six straight wins. If they pull out something so just unfathomable that they. I think the Bengals, and we'll talk more about this later in the week, it's either one of two things. They either just finish as a mid-average team, which would be a far disappointment from, you know, what their preseason expectation was, was, which is winning a Super Bowl, going back and winning. Either that happens or they go on some magical, mystical run. But until they go on that run, I understand uh, the lack of optimism that – Andrew has, and I think a lot of people would feel that way, especially with the three-way tie. I mean, those are the three best quarterbacks right now up to this point. I think that's no debate. I mean, Lamar can find a way to sneak in there, but it's really those three. So we'll see what happens down the stretch. But stay tuned. Tomorrow we'll talk more about just the lack of explosion from this Bengals offense against the Browns and the inconsistencies. We'll talk more about that, what has to change, what that looks like. But until well, then, if you hear me on tomorrow's podcast, something has gone horribly wrong because uh, the Powerball drawing tonight is one point two billion dollars or something like that. So, like, if if I'm working on Friday, something's messed up. Like something I didn't win. So, like, hopefully I won't. Hopefully I won't be on this podcast tomorrow because I'll be a billionaire. So you're cheering to, to to win and not have to oh. work anymore. Mike, I'm going to ask you point blank: If you had one point two billion dollars, a lot of taxes to pay. Okay, so what? Four hundred and fifty million. You, so you're winning outright, just you. Yeah, you're not of course. Splitting it with anybody. Of course. That's lofty goals. Lofty goals. I don't know. 
I shoot for the shoot for the moon, man. So well, I mean, why don't you record what you want to say if you get record what I want to say, and then if you if you don't if you if you win, and then you know Muhammad could use it. And then, and <laughs> yeah. Andrew, this is what Andrew would have said before he before he, <laughs> he bought four beach houses. <laughs> On that note, once again, for you are something, Mister Andrew. You are listening Gillis. to the future, Mister Jeff Bezos. I'm Muhammad Ahmad, that's Andrew Gillis and Mike Nislik. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care.